Well, hello and welcome to the CSF monthly podcast for August. And this month, I'm going to review uh, two papers that have been uploaded to the CSF website, amongst a number of others. And the detailed slide set for these papers can be found on the website. And I really recommend these slides to you. They're crystal clear. They'll help you in your own uh, education and, and CME, but also they're very useful for communicating key messages to other colleagues. Now, the first paper I want to highlight is a comparison of long-term safety and efficacy of the paracitinib to adalimumab and methotrexate in adequate responders over 48 weeks. And first author here, Professor Roy Fleischman from University of Texas Southwestern in the U.S. Well, obviously, we need more therapies to treat people with rheumatoid arthritis. It's a lifelong condition for which currently there is no cure. And as part of our normal treatment experience, patients frequently fail to achieve remission with current therapeutics. The SELECT COMPARE study was designed to explore switching to JAK inhibitors from TNF inhibitors without a washout period and vice versa over 48 weeks. Now, previously published data from the study uh, have shown that paracitinib was superior to placebo and adalimumab with background methotrexate therapy at 26 weeks. Um, and this current paper focused on the longer term data obtained from week 26 through week 48. So it's a follow on in this respect. Patients were more than 18 years of age. They'd been receiving methotrexate for at least three months with active joint disease. They were randomized blindly to a two to two to one ratio of uh, methotrexate plus uh, upadacitinib 15 milligrams um, QD, adalimumab 40 milligrams every two weeks or placebo. And patients from any group were rescued to either adalimumab or upadacitinib at week 14, 18 or 22 if they had a less than 20% improvement in tender swollen joint count. At week 26 if their CDI was greater than 10 and all remaining placebo patients were switched to upadacitinib at week 26 as a default in the trial design. Now, the FK assessments for uh, low disease activity and remission included a CDI, SDI, and a DAS-28 ESR, uh, all at the recommended cutoff points. And safety evaluation included uh, SAEs, uh, particular focus on herpes zoster and, of course, malignancies. Well, the key findings here, the data were consistent with week 26 findings through to week 48. Uh, significantly more paracitinib patients achieved LDA and remission versus adalimumab and placebo across all of the parameters measured. Uh, inhibition of radiographic progression was significantly greater in both the upadacitinib and adalimumab groups compared to placebo, and radiographic inhibition was comparable when one compared upadacitinib and the adalimumab groups. Uh, rescue was beneficial regardless of the drug to which one changed. However, improvement was greater in patients switching from adalimumab to upadacitinib versus upadacitinib to adalimumab. Remember, that's a very much a, a, a follow-on study secondary analysis. Uh, safety was comparable at week 48 uh, to week 26 in both continuing and rescue patient populations, and there were no new safety concerns. So what do we conclude here? Well, the, the authors uh, suggest that the long-term safety and efficacy of paracitinib and adalimumab at week 48 were consistent with the primary findings at week 26, and I would tend to agree with that. Uh, Non-responders to paracitinib and adalimumab groups benefited from rescue without a washout period, and that's really helpful to us in clinical practice. Washout periods are uh, difficult for patients and, and a real nuisance for clinicians in terms of how we transition practicalities in life.
So helpful new data, uh, but confirming essentially what we knew already from that trial. Now, the second paper I want to talk about in particular this month uh, compares uh, pefcitinib, um, PEF, 100 milligrams and 150 milligrams to placebo in Japanese methotrexate inadequate responder patients. And the key author here, uh, actually one of my fellow steering committee members, uh, Professor Takuchi from Kyo University in Japan. So uh, pefcitinib monotherapy has previously demonstrated efficacy with an uh, acceptable safety profile in phase 2b trial in Japanese patients with moderate to severe rheumatoid arthritis. And this is a phase 3 study. It assessed efficacy and safety, two different doses of PEF in Japanese people with rheumatoid arthritis who were inadequate responders to methotrexate. Uh, randomization was 1 to 1 to 1 to methotrexate plus pefcitinib 100 milligrams, 150 milligrams or placebo. Primary endpoints, fairly typical, ACR20 at week 12 or early termination, and radiographic inhibition at week 28 or early termination. Uh, safety measures were observed through 52 weeks, and these include uh, treatment emergent adverse events, herpes zoster, malignancy. And the inadequate responders and placebo group were blindly rescued at week 12 to pefcitinib, and all placebo patients were rescued to pefcitinib at week 28. So key results, well, the ACR 2050-70 response rates were significantly greater for both those groups of pefcitinib compared to placebo at week 12. And in comparison to placebo, both groups had a significantly reduced mean change from baseline for radiographic progression, joint space narrowing, and erosion scores. The adverse events leading to permanent discontinuation were higher in the placebo group compared to uh, both doses of pefcitinib and one, uh, that's 100 milligrams and 150 milligrams. Um, SIs and uh, herpes zoster related disease were higher in the pefcitinib groups compared to uh, placebo, but there was no dose dependency observed in the instance of malignancy. It's a relatively small study to be building great confidence in that area. Um, well, our conclusions here, well, in Japan, patients with an inadequate response to methotrexate, rheumatoid arthritis, uh, it would seem that pefcitinib has superiority over placebo in reducing symptoms and suppressing articular destruction at both doses tested. Uh, moreover, the, the, the safety and tolerability profiles seem quite acceptable. There were no new safety signals identified, although, as I say, it's still really early days. We'd like to see more data here. Well, I hope that was of interest to you. All the content I've discussed this month is available in a more detailed slide format in the publication section at cytokinesignaling.com. And please have a look at these at your convenience. I hope you'll find it useful. It's certainly a resource I still go back to on a very regular basis. And please don't forget to subscribe to our podcast uh, on our website, SoundCloud or YouTube, and let us know what you think by leaving a review. So thanks very much indeed for listening. I hope you found this useful and the best of luck in your clinical practice.